there. Thanks for tuning in to Ermia Matters, where we talk all things Ermia as an association and all things higher education risk management and insurance. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone. I'm Julie Groves from Wake Forest University in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, and I'm back as your guest host on Ermia Matters, although since I'm hosting more frequently, I'm beginning to think I'm not really a guest host anymore. With me today is Sam Manser from BMS Cat. For those of you who don't know, BMS Cat is an Ermia affiliate member in the restoration space. Hi, Sam. Thanks for being here today. Hello. Hi, Julie. Thanks for having me. Sure. Why don't you tell the Ermia listeners a little bit about yourself? So my name's Sam Manser. I've been with Blackman Mooring BMS Cat for about 17 years. I'm about 15 of that. has been full-time. I started off on the supply side working for our main warehouse out of Fort Worth, Texas, and just traveling around to area-wide events and, and just jobs across the nation and the world. Went local with Black Memorial DFW, which is pretty much just the, the staple stores around Texas and then surrounding areas. But it's just another division of BMS Cat. Been here about almost four years through water and fire uh, restoration, as well as mold, as well as reconstruction. Well, great. We all know that Texas recently had quite an unusual spell of winter weather. And I'm sure you've had your hands full with that. So we hope things are returning to normal for all our friends in the Lone Star State. Speaking of returning to normal, it's hard to believe we've been dealing with COVID for a year now. And many of us long for COVID restrictions to end so we can return to our normal routines. Colleges and universities are currently open, at least in a hybrid format. Many are considering hosting events or camps on their campuses this summer. And most are gearing up for an on-campus student experience in the fall. So one big focus for many Ermia listeners is return to campus protocols. There are sure are a lot of things to consider in that space. Can you tell us how you've been helping schools prepare for the fall return to campus? Yeah, and that's definitely a, a hot topic. And it's hard to believe that it has been a year that we've been going through this. At the beginning, I think it was, it was surprising universities and healthcare facilities, I think, took it the most serious. Obviously, we've got patients and you've got students being the customer, the end user. So that's kind of what they're there for, their, their sole purpose. What we've been doing is doing cleaning and fogging whenever there are positive cases, just making sure that, that it from a liability and also a safety you know, standpoint that you know, we reduce the risk as much as possible for students coming back. And the main thing we've noticed with universities especially is it's handling it, it's being proactive, it's following the CDC regulations and the protocols, but it's, you know, especially with universities, just like healthcare, but where they've got signage, you know, it's telling everybody you have to have a mask on. It's reminding people about social distancing. It's the markers down on the ground where if you have lines or cues to keep people that six feet apart, which is just oh so important, you know, when you get people start trying to get into a building or standing in line at the library. But those are the little things that just since this is so new to everybody, just reminding people to mask up and keep that that distance from everybody. Have you been seeing the request for assistance starting to pick up as we're moving through this and toward the fall or have they tapered off? Have people figured out what the what the protocols are and they're handling them much better? What have you seen from that respect? Yeah, for the most part, everything's it's tapering off. There's still needs here and there, but for the most part, it seems like universities and, and large organizations are starting to figure out how they need to do it in-house 
and just incorporating it into their day-to-day, which is always a good thing. We're always there to assist, especially in times of emergency, but it's good when when people are proactive and start incorporating it into their day-to-day because then it, it just makes everything so much easier. So from what you've seen, how do you think schools have reacted to the updates from the CDC regarding reopening protocols? Have you seen them to be pretty nimble or have they seemed slow to respond? Personally, or or my accounts, they've been very proactive. And if they've got a a team, kind of like we have when all of this came about or whenever there's an area-wide or any kind of special case, like something like COVID where, you know, it's just very priority. And then when you have an organization like the CDC, you know, we have that team and the universities I've dealt with, they have that team that all they're doing daily, if not multiple times a day, are looking at that website, seeing if there's any new updates. Uh, there's several apps where you can get notifications. Now you do hear the stories of usually it's smaller organizations or universities, you know, where they aren't as proactive and they're just going on a whim or they might be a little bit outdated. And then it's good that we do have our team. That way we can assist them getting them up to date because there for a while it was changing almost daily on what to do, the mass, the do this, don't do this. So I think that's a good thing. And it's just good that we do have an organization like the CDC also where we can go somewhere to get those guidelines. So it's not just different people and different opinions. It's science-based, and you can, if you follow these steps, then you'll get these results, and it's proven how it's happened through the process. So as we move toward the fall, can you give us several success factors that schools should aim for as they uh, reopen more broadly? I think it's it's trust in the process, and it's. I know I sound like a broken record, but the the masks, the social distancing, just common, sometimes not so common, personal hygiene, washing your hands, don't touching your face, handshaking, that's become a big deal. We're pretty much doing fist bumps or elbows, but even then, don't touch your face and just be aware of it. I think it's just staying the course and not releasing as these, just because these restrictions are getting less and less, they're opening up restaurants, they're opening up public places, not to just rush in, just to remember what we've learned through this deal. People are starting to get vaccinated at higher rates. So if we just stay the course, I think hopefully by spring, summer, nobody really knows the answer, but just staying on the course, I think is the main thing and keeping that discipline that we've learned. And I'm sure you've seen a lot of things in your experience. Do you have any missteps, any common missteps you've experienced so that we can be aware of things we should avoid? I think it's those big crowds and just personal hygiene. A lot of people, I know there was a buzz. Masks were an easy thing at the beginning, but then everybody started wearing gloves. And once people started wearing gloves, it was they felt they were magic. That these, No matter what you do, these gloves are clean. And that's a, a very big misconception because once you start touching things with those gloves, well, then they become contaminated just like your hands would. Really, it's you've got to shed the gloves, wash your hands is the biggest thing. But yeah, it's just it's big groups of people and, and just being careless with the, with the personal hygiene. So do you have any final thoughts you want to share with us today? I just, I appreciate y'all having me. Um, it has been a wild, God, three weeks, or I guess a month with the ice week. It was funny because we were talking about how 2020 was so wild with, with COVID and everything and just unprecedented is how that went. And then everybody was talking about how 2021 was, it was like, we we're going to turn a light switch on. Everything was going to be back to normal. Obviously people in the industry knew that wasn't going to be the case, but then we had that ice week right off the bat. It's just been a wild one, but I was just staying the course and, and keeping the faith. Well, let's hope that 2021 
calms down after that and that this that things are back on their way to some sort of normal or new normal, whatever that is, and that folks can start returning to some normal activities. Um, I'd like to thank Sam for being our guest today. We really appreciate you being here. It was great to chat with you. And this wraps another episode of Ermia Matters. You've been listening to Ermia Matters. You can find more information about Ermia at www.urmia.org. For more information about this episode, check out the show notes available to Ermia members in the Ermia Network Library.